Hello, and welcome to the Atheist Experience. We're broadcasting live Sunday, October 8th, 2017. I'm your host, Tracy Harris, and with me this week is the amazing Phil Session. Whoa. How are you, Tracy? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. All doing right. well. The Atheist Experience is sponsored by the Atheist Community of Austin, a Texas nonprofit educational organization dedicated to the separation of church and state promoting positive atheism. You can catch us live every Sunday on YouTube or Ustream and comment on current shows at the current show thread supplied for each episode at our blog at freethoughtblogs.com forward slash AXP. And you can add comments on YouTube while the show is running live. Additionally, you can write to the show at tv at atheist-community.org or you can join the Atheist Experience official discussion group on Facebook. If you enjoy this show, you may also enjoy our other ACA podcast, The Nonprofits which airs on the first and third Wednesdays uh, evenings of each month. Links are available at the Atheist Experience website. After the show, the cast and crew go out to dinner at Star of India Restaurant at 2900 West Anderson Lane. We arrive a little after 6 p.m., and dinner is a social event open to atheists and atheist-friendly people. Uh, just a couple of things that I want to note. I said in my notes that we provoke, promote positive atheism, and I should say that we promote positive atheist culture, and I'm going to fix my notes right now, because some people um, get a little confused about that, and they were like, oh, positive as in, like, strong atheism, and it's like, well, actually, it's more about the positive atheist culture, so just make sure I make that clear. Uh, also want to note that we do, October 19th, have an ACA 20th anniversary. Whoa. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, <laughs> right? Happy anniversary, ACA. So we've got that coming up. That'll be kind of cool. Uh, hopefully we can plan some stuff before the end of the year. We'll see. I hope so. And I just want to note that, uh, we also have some new ear equipment. (laughs) So I'm just letting people know because in case I've dropped something or, you know, end up playing with my ears that part way through the show, that's what's going on. Um, so just kind of a warning about that. I just, I kind of abandoned my, I I tried for two seconds. I was like, you know what? Let me break out my old faithfuls and. No, I worked it. I worked it for a good 15 minutes, got these things in, and we're going to see if this flies. (laughs) Okay. Uh, so then let's see. You had a few things that you wanted to talk about. Oh, sure, sure. Add to the announcements. Um, of course, as I always do when I'm on the show, I, I'm the volunteer coordinator for the ACA, and so, um, I bring all of those things out to the table to make sure that our audience, and especially the ones that are local to Austin, are very aware of those upcoming events that are going on. So it's just two uh, that I'll mention. On October the 22nd, that's the um, that's in two weeks from today, there will be an Austin Atheist Helping the Homeless uh, down in downtown Austin. That's uh, We have it under the I-35 bridge at, uh, at, what is it, I-35 and 7th Street, I believe, right, right in front of the police station. And so... We'll be out there giving out supplies, your tissues, your toothbrushes, feminine hygiene products, uh, stuff like that, and some food if we're uh, so lucky to have some donated, stuff like that, out to the folks in Austin. And it's it's quite a bit that we serve, and it's maybe over 170 or so in a single giveaway that we serve now. So it's been inching up over the past couple of years. We used to pair, prepare for maybe 40 or so, and now it's regularly preparing for at least 175 to 200 per giveaway to come through the line, and so it's um, become a major effort. But uh, all that information is on the ACA's The Meetup uh, portion and the Facebook. I make events there. Also, you can just uh, visit austinahh.org um, or atheists with an S dot help. Uh, we'll also get you to that website to find out info about how you can donate and when it's going to be happening next and to look at the results and pictures of 
what has happened at our last giveaway. So uh, we're ce- celebrating eight years of giveaways as of last month, as a matter of That's fact. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been a wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> that is wild, but, but it's great. We couldn't have a better volunteer coordinator, as far as I'm concerned. You indeed. do a fantastic job. Very dedicated. Very energetic. <laughs> like way more. I get tired just hearing you. Uh, and the other one is uh, another Texas ramp uh, build. Uh, of course, we help out, try to help out every month with the Texas ramp project, building a wheelchair ramp uh, for someone in the Austin area who's low income and disabled. So on the 28th, uh, the last Saturday of this month is the day that we're trying to uh, secure that. I'm still waiting on confirmation um, because apparently there have been some holdups um, administrative-wise for the ramp project. And so we're waiting on the confirmation that, hey, this is going to be happening. But they know our intent. They know we want to be there, and we're just waiting on that last confirm to say, yes, you're good. Once that happens, I'll put the events up, and you'll be able to sign up uh, for that. But you can expect it to happen on that 28th uh, in the morning, like usually from 8 to 1 um, in that morning time. So, And the last thing, uh, that's all for the volunteer portions. And uh, I just want to uh, mention this one thing. It was mentioned on uh, the previous show as well, uh, but the Atheists of Puerto Rico are currently uh, taking in donations and they're looking to give a lot of assistance to folks that are in the in the dis- disaster-stricken area. I, I wouldn't say it like that because it's like the whole island. Really, <laughs> I can't I can't just say oh, it's in the disaster area, but for Puerto Rico in general, there's there's so much need. There's a lot of assistance that is going there. But uh, talking with the president Shirley, she was mentioning that a lot of it is going to the metropolitan areas. That that's the the main focus for power for a lot of the food, sure. and that the coastlines, the outside areas, are the ones that need a lot of help. That are uh, there's a lot of squabbles over resources, and it's just it's just such a humanitarian effort that'll be going on for months. Just months. Well, yeah, and, it's huge. Right, right. So uh, if you can, like we said on the last show, we had some technical glitches last time, but we were at least able to hear her interview. She was on the show um, last week, and it kind of glitched out to where the video stopped moving, but the audio uh, still made it through. But if you all want to donate to that effort, uh, you just go to aid, A-I-D-P-R.org. That's aidpr.org, and that'll put you directly to the Atheist of Puerto Rico site, uh, who is partnering with the American Atheist in order to get um, this effort under, underway. And eventually what I want to end up doing, once we get the confirmation that um, their P.O. box is fully functioning again, mm-hmm. uh, they have a P.O. box in San Juan, and that the Atheists of Puerto Rico volunteers are ready to do distribution, what I'm going to end up um, kind of uh, gearing the ACA and the Austin Atheist Helping the Homeless um, efforts for is to do a, basically a mass shipment of donations to their P.O. box so that the atheists of PR can distribute those out to the areas that need those specific things. There's, I'm sure there's a lot of that happening, but since they're on the ground, they actually are aware of a lot of where the problem spots are, the places that are not getting as much help as they need. Um, I figured that would be an awesome effort that uh, I'm trying to put together. So as soon as I get that uh, together, then we'll be putting that APB out there for everyone in this audience, on our website, everything else to try to see about uh, getting some no- donations down there directly to them so they can uh, go right out to the people who need it. So yeah, uh, you can look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> it is a big yeah. effort, and it's a good yeah. cause, and they can't, I think, get too much help. So, yeah. you know, you, they need as much help as they can get. Yeah, but that's all for me. Just a- aidpr.org, and then I'm, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, so I have a talk coming up. I'm going to be in Pennsylvania, uh, Philadelphia, oh, nice. this weekend. and Philly? Yeah, Philly. So... Uh, one of the things, as I'm going through the research and I'm going putting together the slides, one of the things that I 
emceeing that I think would be interesting to discuss, and I wanted to sort of just spend a few minutes talking about it on the program. I am looking at identity development, like how people develop identities, mm-hmm. and there are, are a few different types of um, identity that people people can fall into categories, and one of the identities that is most interesting to me is the foreclosed identity because to me that is what really sums up an indoctrinated personality. Mm. And then you have an achieved identity, which is a person who has um, pretty much developed a a unified, uh, healthy identity and they're going forward with that. And there's, there are other types of identity. Uh, There's a diffuse identity, moratorium identity. These are people that are in different stages of development of an identity or not developing an identity. And, um, there were some there was some discussion regarding uh, the, what goes into it. And so the charts, when you look at the identity charts, they have on one axis something that would be like um, the, the amount of research or effort or energy that you're putting into looking mm-hmm. into the things that you believe, and then the other uh, side of that would be the, the level of commitment that you have. So a foreclosed okay. identity, or the one that I'm associating most with what we would call an indoctrination, is a person who has not really put in. Uh, a lot of research into what they believe, but they're very committed to what they believe. So they're mm-hmm. highly committed to this belief, but they really are, are laboring under a lot of misconceptions generally due to not having investigated thoroughly what it is that they accepted. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, you have um, the moratorium is somebody who's searching, who may not feel real, really committed to particular beliefs in a strong way, but they're searching and they're looking and trying to maybe decide, you know, what do I want to do for a living? Uh, what do I believe about religion? What do I want to do as far as family? Do I want children? Do I want to get married? Am I am I straight? Am I gay? Am I you know <laughs> like these are the types of things that a person would be searching um, as they're trying to figure out you know who am I and mm-hmm. and what does that mean? And so a person in moratorium is actually putting an effort to look into these things to try and say you know what where where would I commit? Where do I want to commit? Diffuse personalities, uh, diffuse identities would be people who aren't really looking and aren't really committed. So when you think in terms of like a slacker personality, <laughs> that's kind of what that is. And it's it's it, it's very highly tied to a lot of personality disorders. Mm-hmm. And when it comes uh, to the foreclosed identity, and which is the one that has a high level of commitment and a low level of uh, investigation into those commitments, and then you have the achieved, which is a high level of commitment, it, ironically, not as high as the foreclosed, right? So a person that hasn't looked into it that is foreclosed is usually got a higher level of commitment Mm -hmm. than the person who's actually looked into it. And part of the reason for that is that people begin to understand when they look into a belief that there are lots of different sides. Like the more you investigate, the more you start to see the shades of gray. And even though you might come to a conclusion about it and you might say, this is my belief, you still understand that there's a lot of information out there. And so I really need to be open to something that might come along that could adjust my opinion later. So you're not nearly as committed as as some of the people in the foreclosed category. That sounds very familiar. I'm I'm not sure. I guess it would just be a me, but um, there was something that says like this is, it's a graph and it has your level of confidence in the subject versus your time uh, studying. So it was referencing a a specific profession like physics. Yeah. And so on the low end where it was uh, a low level of experience or study behind it, your uh, confidence was very high. (laughs) I am so good at physics. (laughs) Yeah, no. The the highest on that, but then as the study went up, then it dropped precipitously and then started growing very uh, gradually. Right. But it never got as high as it was 
at the start of that graph when there was a low level of sure uh, because you don't know what you don't know right and when you start to learn what you don't know you start saying wait a minute maybe I don't know (laughs) what I thought I knew Uh, but anyway part of there are some other models that go into this and some of those models have to do with children and how children develop identity because most of the identity development is happening around adolescence mm-hmm. but children can incorporate uh, views and beliefs that are other people's views and beliefs through a process called introjection where you literally uh, pick up on how someone else thinks about you and you could be wrong about it it doesn't mean that you're right it's just your opinion of how, what someone else thinks and you adopt that into yourself and that for an adult or for somebody with a strong identity or somebody who you know, has well-thought-out beliefs, the idea of interjecting beliefs seems kind of weird. But mm-hmm. when you think about it in terms of a three- or four-year-old who has a very limited life experience and who gets most of their information about what's okay and not okay from people merely reacting, right? I mean, that's how children, before they get older, uh, learn about the world around them is by seeing how other people react. If people react badly, then this is a thing you probably don't want to do. It's not okay. And if people react very positively, then, oh, this is a good thing. People like this. People appreciate this, and they react well to this. So for children, um, if they get a lot of negative reaction all the time from things that they're doing, this can start to affect their view of themselves, especially if it's verbalized in ways that put this negatively about the child's personality as opposed to an event. So telling a child, oops, you spilled, that was an accident, we have to be more careful, Mm -hmm. is a very different message than you're so clumsy, why are you always dropping things? Mm -hmm. Right? One of them is a message about you. One of them is a message about this thing that you did. You can correct the thing you do, but if you're inherently clumsy or horrible, uh, then you have a problem because that's you. And when you start to get into areas... um, that deal with, for example, shame, being ashamed of yourself. You can really mess up somebody in a big way. So with that in mind, I found these videos. Someone (laughs) linked me to these videos, and I was very shocked at the way that they demonstrated this so well, this divide between the foreclosed personality, which is what I would consider an indoctrinated person, versus... I don't even know. I wouldn't say that it's necessarily an achieved. It's either an achieved or a moratorium. Certainly somebody that's open-minded and looking, right? So Mm -hmm. I can't really say what that is. But I can say with the one, it seems like a pretty strong indication that she's dealing with a foreclosed personality. And I want to show the clips, and I want to thank uh, Cordial Curiosity, the YouTube channel. I want to thank them for uh, giving me permission to edit these down a little bit and just run the portions of these that were applicable as best I can. And what I want you to be looking for is how open to information someone is, how uh, willing to investigate, willing to hear more, willing to engage, willing to give their own opinions and say, here's what I think about it. And here's what you're telling me. There's other information. And yes, I would like to hear about that. It would be interesting. It may or may not change my mind. It probably won't, but I'd be open to hear it. And certainly a person that's more open like that, even when they say, I don't think it would change my mind, you kind of get the idea that if they were presented with something and it did affect that belief, that they probably would change their mind because they're already saying, I want to hear more about this and that Mm -hmm. would be interesting and I can't really imagine it yet and I don't think it would change my mind, but I'd want to hear it. So on the other hand, then you're going to see another video. And in this video, I want to kind of clarify because I don't have a problem with somebody looking something up. If I ask you, for example, uh, what do you think about this issue X? 
and you tell me, well, here's my opinion on it. I looked into it, and this is what, what I have developed as an opinion. This is my belief about it. And I ask you about that belief, and you say, well, there's this statistic that shows that there's a very high level of blah, blah, blah. And I say, well, at what level is it? Well, you might have to look that up, right? This is a specific fact. Mm -hmm. You didn't, this isn't something that resides in your head as your opinion or your thought. You just remember that you read the information about it. There was this high level of something, and that affected your views on this. And if I ask you for the specific percentage, you may not have that at the tip of your brain. You right, might have to right. go and research it. And I get that. I, I am not harshing on anybody for not having memorized every you know shred of information that went into forming a belief. We don't have, most of us anyway, photographic memories. So, But you still have like a basic idea where you can respond and give the narrative about, here's why I believe this thing. Mm-hmm. And when someone asks you your opinion, if they say, well... You know, do you think that that's a good resource? Like that source where you got the data, is it a good source? And you say, well, yeah. I mean, I would hope that you would be able to answer regarding the confidence in that source mm-hmm. and not just say, well, I read it in just some article, right? So when you're, when someone asks your opinion on it, like, do you, do you think that's a good source for that type of data? You are going to give your opinion. Even if you, hadn't thought of that question before. Let's mm-hmm. say that you did just read it in some article you don't know anything about the source and someone says, "Do you, you know, do you have reason to believe this is a good source?" Well, your opinion then should be, "Well, no, actually I don't. I just read it and I really don't know anything about the source. That was just something I saw in this article, but I don't know anything about the publication that's putting this article out. I don't know who's behind it. I don't." So, you should have some opinion about the source, when someone asks you, what do you know about this source? Well, you either know something that gives you some confidence in them. Um, like, let's say that I quoted from some newspaper and someone from another country is on Facebook and they say, is this a good source? I would say, like, well, yes, the New York Times is considered very reliable. Okay. Uh, you know, as opposed to, oh, someone told you this from Fox News. Well, they're a li- they, they, they tend to lean a little, you know, in some directions, <laughs> you know, a little biased with the news there. And so... You can give views on things like this that are your own opinions about it. And what we're going to see is that in one of these videos, even when it comes to not necessarily specific facts, but opinions, one of these people won't even give an opinion without wanting to refer to some notes that they got uh-huh. um, in order to answer. Like they, they don't want to really answer much when it gets into, well, why are you thinking this or why are you accepting this? They are not simply referring to notes for obscure facts or statistics. Mm -hmm. They are wanting to reference notes to give their views, which is very strange. When you see someone doing that, that should strike you as odd because you shouldn't have to go look up your opinions about things. Uh, And so there's some some real significant differences. And what's interesting to me is that both of these are uh, Christians. One of them says that they're from a a Baptist background. One is certainly from a from a Bible, you know, literalist background, but they're both from conservative Christian backgrounds, and one of them is completely open and completely willing to talk and completely willing to investigate, and the other one is completely closed off. And so, I want to go ahead and start with uh, the one that is more open to investigation. If we could roll the the clips on Dominic, that would be great. I'd love to explain to understand how you concluded that this is true, that God had something to do with this? Um, I mean, you know, like I said, background being in Christianity, uh, you know, I'm not sure how we all came to be a 
like whether it's Adam and Eve and all that stuff. I, I just some of that stuff just, just lacks it lacks factual and lacks it lacks logic, and I just don't try to get into that. I know that I'm a human being. I know that I'm a spiritual being. I know that I have capable of good and bad. I know that there's something in me that aspires a life greater than myself. As far as like my drive, my motivation, my ambition, those things are like. Where do we get those things from? Where do we get our drive and motivation? Where do we get like yeah those things that we like like passion and like things that we care about? How do like how we are our personality? You know, us some people being more extroverted, introverted. Like what is those? Who gives us those things? Yeah, I like, didn't like select those things like oh I want to this is yeah. the kind of person I want to be. So all these questions about like how we came to be, how do we get these motivations yeah. and stuff? I'm not saying this is the case, but if someone could explain to us both that this could, this stuff could happen without a god. I, at all? Would that change your confidence about the God? Existing? I would be interested to hear that. Okay. But I'm open-minded. I like to hear things. I like to understand more. Uh, I would never say I would probably not sway from what I believe, but I, it just gives me a different perspective. Okay. If if you were somehow convinced that we don't survive our deaths at all, would that change your confidence about hmm. God existing? That'd be in- interesting to hear about. Hmm. Is there any evidence or facts for this belief? Um, it's faith. <laughs> faith. That's 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 the crutch in, in Christianity. It's it's the faith element. People are like, oh, faith is just just have faith, just hope, just believe. But mm. faith can carry you a long way. Yeah. How do you think someone without this belief could get meaning in life? Because I, I just feel like I don't know if you believe. First of all, within yourself, you believe in your capabilities. That there's nothing wrong with that. You believe that. All things happen for good, and there's nothing really wrong with that. It doesn't have to be God. It's just if that's just your way of thinking, I think in all essence it's a it's a great way to approach life. But me being fundamentally Christian, you believe I believe God gives me that. God gives you the, the oxygen to, to do that. Okay. But is this true? A lot of people believe it. Does the amount of people who believe something? It doesn't. No, no, absolutely not. So you, oh, that's a, that's an interesting perspective. So you believe that, wow, I've never ever heard that before. You believe that what you believe in, if it's, if it can be challenged as not true, that makes you feel more confident in it? Yeah, because beliefs that can't be shown to be false could be any belief. Hmm. That's very deep. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you just can't, right? Yeah. Because you can challenge and question God. That's okay. Yeah. I'm wondering how could we know if this belief was false? I don't think there's no way to know, man. There's no way to know. Hmm. So that makes you less confident in it. It makes it not valuable for me. And and the benefits I get from it. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's a good I, I would perspective. Like to, I would like to believe it if it's true. Right, but but yeah. because nobody can question it, nobody can prove yeah. it, you can't prove faith, you can't prove any of these things, it's like, why am I believing this? <laughs> so, I mean, what's not to love about Dominic, right? I mean, wow. this is a guy who is really open-minded. Yeah, he really was. It, being open-minded and being, you know, willing to question things, it doesn't mean that everything you believe is going to be correct. 
It just means you're willing, like he says, to, to hear more about it. When Dominic says, I'd be willing to hear more about that, there is not a shred of anything in me that thinks that's insincere. It's not defensive. Mm-hmm. He's completely open. He's very approachable and he's very, allows other people to be, you know, f- approach him. Uh, and then on the other end of the spectrum, I would like to have a look at Tia. So if we could go ahead and roll Tia's video. It's asking me tough questions. I didn't even learn this in Bible class. Go to a Christian school and I've learned, I've taken a bunch of classes on um, theories and all these different things. And it just makes sense to me. It kind of like hits home. And I just have this feeling that it's really true. And how did you determine that this was actually true? Um, just all like the proof and the theories. Okay. What's like the best example? Um, there's a lot actually. So like the, ba- the Babel Tower, they found it. They found where it was. Not just. So you're saying it's just there's so much goodness to it and mm-hmm. it's really positive. Mm-hmm. How does... How does the goodness or positivity of a belief relate to the truth of the belief, though? I think it says it all in the Bible. Like, um, uh, it's a tough question. Just because the Bible says something, does that make it actually true? In my belief, it does. Um, not everybody believes that just because it says it doesn't make it true. A lot of people are like, oh, well, since I didn't see it, it's not true. But I think just there's a lot of um, evidence to it, so Be just confidence. makes sense to me. Just makes sense. Um, like people used to live for like 800 years back then, and a lot of people questioned that. But the reasoning was because God told them to go and multiply, but he, he wanted them to keep multiplying and multiplying. So the more the population increases, the the less we live, we decrease our, in age. Is there evidence for a God? Mm-hmm. What's the best one? There's a lot. Like I said, there, there's a lot. I have to think, but you're putting me on the spot. It's hard. I do. I have them written down, actually, in here. Are feelings a reliable way to have confidence in a God like this? I would say so. Okay. If you've ever worshipped, I mean, when I worship, you just get this this joy that no one else can experience unless you get it. Like, it's just a joy. Mm-hmm. And joy is different than happiness. Yeah. Joy doesn't, it's something that doesn't just go away. Happiness, like, can come and go, but joy is an internal thing. If someone from another religion came up to the table and said mm-hmm. that believing in their God gave them joy and that they have mm-hmm. really good internal feelings about that God, is that a justifiable re- way to come to that belief just by going off feelings for that? No. I would say that's awesome. I'm... I would say that's that's cool, okay. but check out what I have to say. Yeah. Check out... If it's not reliable for them, mm-hmm. why was it reliable for yourself? You're asking tough questions. <laughs> you really are. You're doing good. Um, it's not. I'm not saying it's reliable. It's not. But it's just what I believe personally, and I always will believe it. I just have a very strong faith towards it. It's just believing or having faith in anything... A reliable way to have confidence that something's true? I think faith. Why? Because it's... <laughs> you are... You're good at this. I'm just very interested in why, I know. People, why people believe. I need to get my, my book out. I have a book in here. helps me out. I can't memorize all of it. Well, is faith a reliable way to believe in anything? 
Is faith a reliable way to believe in anything? I think it is, but I don't have a reason why. It's just what I believe. Just what you believe. It's just what I believe, and it's always going to be what I believe. I don't care if I don't have good reasoning. Okay. That, to me, was like the best (laughs) juxtaposed examples. Uh, I used two people that believe. They both uh, ranked themselves as very confident in their belief that a God exists at the beginning of those uh, clips when you go watch the whole thing. And yet one of them is very open, and one of them gives his views. I mean... You get the idea, at least I do, when I watch Dominic, I get the idea that Dominic may have accepted some things without fully questioning them, but I don't get this feeling that he is indoctrinated, right? Dominic is willing to question, he's willing to challenge. He's, he, we all, all of us, I, I don't think there's going to be anybody that you can find that doesn't believe some things that they haven't looked into sufficiently. I come up with stuff all the time where somebody will say a thing and then I start to give a, a fact that I think is a fact. And then I stop and I say, wow, you know, I've never really looked that up. I'll go look it up and it's mm-hmm. not what I thought. Uh, so I've even, you know, ever, anybody can internalize a thing that's not correct or not true and go along with that without really fully questioning it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a minor thing. Sometimes it can be a major thing. That's not really to me what means what it means to be indoctrinated. Indoctrinated is what we saw with Tia, where you can't even open your mouth without, where are my notes? Where is my, I have to find my opinion that they gave me, right? This is a whole different level. And I kept two things in there. One was um, the age, the thing about people getting younger, you know, dying younger. And the thing about the Babel Tower. Now, I cut that off, and at first I was kind of like, wait, why did I cut that off? Because he questions her about that further. The reason that I cut it off is I just wanted to show the, the aging uh, information that she gives and also the Babel Tower information, those would be very easy things to debunk. It would take her no time at all to look that up and investigate it and see that it's not true. Mm-hmm. So for Tia, what we're seeing is somebody who, she, you can tell she thinks she's investigating. She's talking about all this proof and all this evidence and all of these theories that she's very studying and studying and studying. There's all this proof and evidence. But then she puts out this information that it's like five minutes on Google and you would have this debunked easily. Mm-hmm. Not even hard. So we have a problem here where she is devoting a lot of time and energy to what she considers to be investigating this and researching these beliefs, and it's not at all. This is not valid investigation. So someone has her convinced that she has good reason, and but then when she gets to the end of it, she says, I don't care if I have good reasons or not. Right? right. I don't I, care. I just believe it. Yeah. So it's it's just kind of interesting, and I kind of wanted to show those clips. It just I found it personally kind of interesting in, in light of what I'm going to be talking about <laughs> this coming weekend, and I thought that there might be some people who uh, had some views on indoctrination, and a lot of people that have or have not been indoctrinated have thoughts about it, and I just wanted to kind of give a demonstration of what that can do to a person, uh, how they appear versus somebody who has the same theistic beliefs but is not does not give the appearance of indoctrination. Sure. I, I I really enjoyed Dominic actually looking at his own belief system, saying, like, you know, why do you believe what uh, is faith? And, but he was, it like, he was just, like, really in thought. Like, like you say, he seems so authentic. And um, at first I was looking, I was like, hmm, this, this seems interesting. But he's just very, very open mm-hmm. to, like, the challenge. Like, that, especially when he, when he was talking about challenging, that it's okay to challenge right. uh, the Bible and the God. And I'm just like, wow. That's so, yeah. that's something that I would not get, get 
shit when I was growing up. Yeah, yeah. That that it's okay to do that. Force. I'm I'm kind of curious now as to what, like how his experience, like how how he was brought up, like what was his church. Well, he Light says he was raised Baptist. At the, okay. It's not in this clip, but earlier in the in the video, he mentions that he was raised Baptist. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I liked about Dominic was when he said a lot of people believe it. And before the host could even get his the explanation out, Dominic's already laughing, and he says, "I, you know, no, I right, know right. it's not. That's, that's not. A, he, you know, you can tell he's heard that before. Like he understands that. You know, people. A lot of people believing it does not support it." And was honest about it. And yes. Was, was honest about it. Laughed at herself. Admit, yeah, right. To say, like, yeah, this, that's bad. Yeah. That, it sounds. And to be fair, yeah, Tia yeah. laughed at herself, too. I mean, she was laughing as well. She had a, you know, pretty good attitude about it, but she was just not confident enough to think it, to think for herself. And it's very sad to see that kind of restricted a person mm-hmm. being destroyed like that, an identity being destroyed like that. You know, someone being told how to think, what to think, what to say, to the point that they can't even give an opinion. Yeah, and that, like that same type of thing, like when you're originally talking about when you're at a young age being told that you are wrong, going back to the shame that mm-hmm. you were talking about uh, earlier, that, and that it's a lot, it's a lot more difficult to do that to someone once they have already built up this identity on their own through their experiences, uh, through the life, through everything that they've uh, known over time. But uh, talking about if someone is very young, like they're four, five, six, whatever, and they notice that they have, say, a same-sex attraction, right. and they bring that up to their parents or someone in their church life or something like that, and um, they're told over and over that, you know, that's it's sinful, it's wrong, yeah. that's, this is not what God wants you to be. Right. Like, you're doing something that is against God, God's wishes, you're you're going against the Word, and you need to snap out of it, otherwise... You know, you'll burn in hell, something yeah. like that. And, and that, yeah. like, internalizing that message yeah. onto yourself. Like, I, the child will still experience it, but they will label it and categorize it as a very bad, wicked thing that they need to fight against and ignore. And, you know, I need to not do these things. Right. And I need and, to and not you, think these things. And, and when they do have a thought or something that, you know, goes into that strata, they roll back to that same identity that that was pounded into them mm-hmm. that this is wrong and like depression and there's so much other oh, oh, yeah. that, there's, no, there's so huge. much that can come <laughs> it really is with huge. that and this but if you were grew up in a more liberal household and you uh, learned about sexual identities and then you find it oh yeah I, I'm happen to be one of these and I yeah. identify as uh, gay if someone tries to to say that like someone coming to me and saying mm-hmm. oh no that's totally wrong it's, yeah. it's, it's terrible it's against God which is like I don't I don't. I don't have that indoctrination sitting there saying that. Oh, that this is so bad. I can fight against that because I've looked at it a little more thoroughly in my experience growing up, doing research on it, trying to find out uh, what is this that mm-hmm. I am. I don't have a word for this. Let me see what this is. And once I found, hey, this is my identity I, that I'm gay. I identify as this. Right. I'm not the only one. It's not abnormal. This is right. a part of. Uh, seems to be a part of life. And that's the thing. Right? And, and this is how a belief should work, right? Right, right. This is something that you you had a belief about it, you know, that you were taught, and then you went in and you investigated it and came to your own beliefs about who you are and how you feel about yourself. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, if I ask you to explain those beliefs to me, you're not going to go to a website. No. no Even no, though you no. found information when you were looking into it and mm-hmm. you were researching it, at the end of the day, you develop these beliefs for reasons that you understand. Right. And when I ask you about it, you're going to say, this is why I'm okay with it. 
you don't have to refer back. And it's not because you memorized what's on a website. No, it's just doing that research, just in, internalizing all of that. That's now I'm better equipped to explain the position and the way I am versus. And that's what know, gives you the confidence. Sure. Not sure. because you have it memorized. That's the thing that I just wish you know, people would understand. And, you know, this is uh, just a little bit of what goes into when people say, I, you know, how can people believe these things? This is how people believe these things. How can a person be gay and be a Christian? This is how a person can be gay and be a Christian. Mm-hmm. This is how people deal with it. Um, so, and yes, that when you're talking about a more liberal upbringing, the, the authoritarian upbringing is the one that is, causes most of the issues. Yeah. It, that's what, if you're researching it, that's what you're going to research is authoritarian you know, child rearing. Um, okay, so that's kind of that. I just wanted to get that out there. But we do have a list of callers, and we'll go ahead and start with Ricardo because he helped us with the call screening. So let me go ahead then and start with, this is Ricardo, and you're in Portugal. Hi there. Hello. Hello. Hello, Tracy and Phil. How yes. are you? We're good, thank Doing you. Well. Uh, okay, so I'm calling because uh, I want your help, actually. Uh, I'm not an atheist. Uh, I'm not a theist, too. Uh, I'm an agnostic. Um, you know, I don't think I don't think we're just talking semantics here. Uh, and just uh, a little heads up on myself. First of all, I'm from Portugal, so English is not my first language. So I apologize now already for some error that it's, I make. Your English is better than my Portuguese. Oh, okay. <laughs> I bet it, it can be. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, um, I think, uh, just to give my opinion and then ask for your help, I think that we, we would, uh, benefit, we as a society would benefit, uh, to get rid of religion as it exists right now. Uh, but I think that I, um, from myself, I can't deny the existence of a God. Uh, I personally came uh, to study about Christianity and later in life, uh, Islam as well. Uh, and for myself, and believe me, I had lots of troubles when in my family and stuff because the Portuguese are like 99% uh, Christians. And I, uh, my, my uh, argument was uh, basically uh, I don't choose what I believe or, or don't believe. I mean, it's not a matter of uh, choice. Okay. Uh, I just can't believe <laughs> right. uh, no, we understand. Christianity and Islam. So uh, the proof for me was overwhelming that uh, both these two gods were false, were man-made. Uh, these are religions invented by men. Um, I'd like to hear your opinion about um, these two arguments that I'm going to, to say to you. And uh, later, I would like to convince you, if I can, that you're agnostic as I am and not atheist. Um, I mean, well, wait a second. Before we get there, let me just explain. I didn't interrupt you earlier because I didn't know that it would be relevant. Uh, and I thought that's a sideline thing. Mm-hmm. We use um, atheist to mean anyone who does not accept it as true that a god exists. Okay. Exactly. So, uh, okay. so what? According to what you're describing, you would probably fall under our definition of atheist because we don't just say that you have to deny a god exists. We're saying that anybody who's not a theist is, by definition, uh, okay. an atheist. Now, you can you don't have to accept that definition, but I think we're on the same page with that one already. Okay, we are then. Okay. I think that 
It, yeah. Well, I think uh, to my my uh, explanation to as I thought I was agnostic and not an atheist is because I can't know for sure that there isn't a God. Right. I mean, I can. We we do accept that, that there are people we label them as agnostic atheists, right? People who do yeah. not believe it's true okay. that a God exists, but they don't it, they don't claim, claim knowledge. knowledge. Don't make a claim of knowledge. Got it. Yeah. Got so it. we, we okay. understand what you're saying, and we would probably agree. Okay. So uh, just the, the call. So the call won't be very long. Um, I'd like to hear you on these two arguments mm-hmm. that are uh, presented to me. Um, war are presented to me uh, a lot uh, of, of times. Um, the first one is uh, regarding uh, resurrection of Christ. It is about Christianity. Um, and again, I don't deal with anyone uh, out of Christianity because all here in my country are Christians. Um, and about the resurrection of Christ, um, I have facts that, I, for me, there are facts uh, fact one, uh, there was a, a Jesus, a person, a guy named Jesus at least. Uh, fact two, he died on a cross, actually died because it would be impossible to survive it. And fact three, uh, there were several people uh, who were willing to be tortured and die, and actually died, um, uh, to let the world know about this Savior who resurrected from the dead. Two of which are very reliable, in my opinion, because they changed their opinion, one from uh, denying God three times and the other from persecuting Christians to actually be willing to die for what he saw. Okay, now let uh, me no. just hold, hold up for one minute, because okay. um, first of all, I do not accept that the Bible is accurate history. Right. Yeah. So if, okay, if, so if the sources are the Bible, then we're going to have a problem already, because I do not believe that those are accurate historical documents. Exactly. Well, I, uh, to, to have these as facts for me is that um, uh, that Jesus was a person. Do, do, we, do we agree on this? That uh, I would say that the best you're probably going to get from me is that there's a, there's a high probability, there according to many historians, yeah. that Jesus existed. But they okay. would not accept the miraculous claims. Those same historians that are saying that they believe that there course, was yeah, a real yeah. Jesus are going to describe that as a Jewish reformer. And they are not going to put the stock in the miracle claims uh, of the Bible. So that the same people that would say that Jesus exists, that we would use to establish that, would be the same people who would say that the Bible is not reliable history and not a reliable okay, description so, of the person. Okay, so I, I agree. I, I meet you uh, in that. Um, now, for the first argument, uh, uh, and pretty much the whole Christmas, uh, Christ, Christ, sorry, Christ miracles. Uh, my first thoughts were, uh, well, so what's stopping us uh, from worshiping David Blaine or Dynamo or any other great magician, magicians nowadays, right? Uh, because they uh, perform uh, magic, so the so-called miracles, on a daily basis. Um, uh, but uh, since uh, these people, and I, I'm willing to give to to give those two and three facts away, uh, number two and number three. Um, since we do know that Christ actually died, um, but we don't. That's I guess that's we what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. We we think that yeah. it, I, I would say that you're correct that it's probable that there was a person. According to most historians, it is probable that there was a person. 
at the core yeah. of these myths. That's but the best I can do. I, I don't know that there okay. was. I know that course, there's a yeah, high yeah. probability and that historians, their best expert guess is that this is true, but this is not a fact that we can establish, like, uh, for example, a mathematic calculation. This is exactly. always going to be the idea of this is our best and, and I, ta I, I acknowledge it's an educated guess. I'm not saying that it's a worthless guess. I'm just saying that it is yeah, an yeah. educated guess. But we cannot, if we're going to say that we established this as fact, I just, I don't know that I can go there. Got it. Okay. So we don't, uh, we can't continue on this because I already said those people that I agree with those facts. So you can't help me. I will have to. <laughs> I can't. I myself. I, I would yeah, also note course. that one of the people you were referencing who was willing to die for Jesus was Paul. Um, and exactly. Paul never saw the resurrection, never knew Jesus, never he met the man. Know. Right. So he, he was of, not a witness. <laughs> exactly. Actually, yeah. none of the, the, those four that wrote, uh, well, there was one that claims uh, he, he saw him, but uh, they never saw him resurrecting. So the other I thing I would note is that I did do an article on martyrs that I posted at our blog a while back, and it's very difficult to find an example of a martyr who died because he refused to revoke a claim of the resurrection. There were certainly martyrs, Christian martyrs who were killed. But mm -hmm. there, I couldn't find examples of the, any that were killed because they denied the resurrection who were witnesses to the resurrection. I couldn't find any yeah. examples of someone who saw the resurrection and then was tortured to death because they refused to say that Jesus didn't okay. resurrect. I guess. Well, thank you very much for that, actually, yeah. because I, I don't uh, as well uh, know. Uh, I, I myself used to refute this uh, with, well, even today we see people willing to give their life right. for something they believe, like right. suicide bombers and, and all. So it's possible that the disciples, even if this was true, uh, were ancient suicide martyrs. So this is how I usually, I usually refute uh, this, this argument. But the second one, if you allow me, uh, is not about any particular God. So this one is tough for me because it's not any particular God. It's not about religion. It's actually science. Uh, so if I could um, check, uh, just read the fact. I'm, I'm going to read this. Um, it, it's, it's my quotation because I, I just wrote this before I call you. Uh, and the fact is that according to science, there was a moment in time that there was no life and well, suddenly it became to be, uh, right? Very simple, unicellular beings. Uh, now, the thing is, even as simple as one cell being seems to be, it actually contains tons of information inside its DNA. And that information is actually, uh, well, according to common sense, one would say that there was intelligence under the construction of that information. The guy that I heard presenting this argument, and I saw this on a YouTube video, uh, gave the example of a book being just a combination of words and letters. But if those words and letters were distributed by chance alone, uh, the probability of it becoming a well-written book would be astronomically low. So common sense would admit that there was a purpose under the construction of the DNA information. I can give you a, something that might help. Um, there's a really good okay. Dawkins video or series, I guess. I, I don't, it's been a while since I've watched it. Um, and I wish I could remember the name of it, but he gave a really good example. 
-hmm. He said, if you had a really complicated lock, right, that yeah. had like all these different codes that you had to put in in order to open it, that yeah. would yeah. that would be quite something if that just appeared one day, right? Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. But let's say that you have a situation where you get like the first number of the code appears. And then if that if it's you know if that doesn't last or work well it goes away and we try another one and then you have these combinations where you just keep trying and then you you add a second one right so then we add a second lock and then we add a third in fact I'm thinking of a better example there's something online that's called the um some kind of like squirrel backyard challenge right there's these videos where you can see people have built these elaborate uh, obstacle courses, and these squirrels go through these obstacle courses. And the first time I saw a squirrel go through one, I thought, wow, how did that squirrel do that? Like, how did he get through all of these wild obstacles and get to the food? How did that squirrel figure that out? Because it was, you'd have to be a genius squirrel. It was really amazing. Yeah. Well, then I saw how they're built. <laughs> And so okay. what you do is you build the first obstacle in your yard and you put the food on it. And then the squirrels work and work and work and they try and fail and try and fail. And then finally they figure out how to get through that obstacle and they get the food. Okay. Then you add a second obstacle and you put the food. So the squirrel gets past the first one because he's figured it out. Now he has to figure out the second one. He tries and fails and tries and fails. And then finally he gets the second one. Then you add the third one, and you just keep okay. adding obstacles until he, when you see the end result, if you don't know how that's built, it's pretty amazing that a squirrel goes through all those obstacles because you're like, how in the world did that squirrel do that? But he did it yeah. because it, it, it was built on one little obstacle at a time. So when people okay. are looking at this DNA at the end of things, right, you're looking at DNA now as opposed to, for example, RNA that may have replicated or something mm -hmm. that's a lot less complex. These are chemical reactions, basically. What you had was a cell that finally was able to replicate, and then you had something that could build, right? And okay. then it just builds and becomes more elaborate. I'm going to, what I'll do is at the end of the shows, they've asked me to put resources at the blog for each show. So I'm going to look up and see if I can find that Richard Dawkins video where he talks about how the lock gets built. And it's, he ties that into how life would develop and evolve. And it might help you understand how you get from something simple to something complicated. And I'll, I'll post okay. that link um, as a resource uh, after the show. It might take me a day or two to get to it. But if you check back at the blog, like maybe next weekend, and you'll see that this show uh, posting will have that listed. And the other thing, yeah. um, talking about, um, you mentioned that, you know, because of all this information that uh, was in so much information that you linked it to intelligence. Like, you kind of made that connection between those two. But at this point, there, that intelligence would have to be substantiated uh, to say that, oh, well, it's so complicated, and we don't know how it could have happened. Therefore, an intelligence must have been there. An intelligent must must have guided this process. That's one heck of a claim uh, that you're making. The most you can say right now is um, even one-celled uh, one cell structures, these look amazingly complex to me. We don't know currently our methods and tools of science have not reached the point to where we can definitively say that this is the exact method yeah. of the evolution well, yeah. of cells over time. So the most you can say right now is, hey, we don't know exactly how 
this form, but we're going to investigate and find out. But to say we're just kind of we're going to stop now and just push an intelligence to say, oh, an intelligence must have done this. That's well, obviously and it would answer, have to be a more complicated intelligence, which right, then right. raises the, yeah. the regression which, which, issue. Well, of course, yeah, it keeps going. But I just I don't get that disconnect. I've seen it. I've seen it asserted a few times. It's kind of the god of the gaps um, in another form, essentially, is what it's coming to. But um, well, just, it's, and it's also yeah. kind of an argument from ignorance, sure, to which sure. just just to say that um, I don't really know what caused this, but I'm going to accept this claim and believe it until someone proves it's wrong. And I'm not saying that's what you're saying, but I think what Phil right, is describing right. is a lot of people subscribe to yeah. that. It, it happens with the the Big Bang as well, because people say, "Hey, we've uh, this is where the scientific consensus has arrived at this point. Uh, it's the Big Bang. What happened before the Big Bang? I, obviously, there was." Something and it had to be outside of the universe, and it had to be like people will start throwing all these things on versus saying, "Hey, our our limit is currently at the Big Bang. That is the most information that we've uh, gotten a chance to look at, analyze, and um, just really look into." And so right now, that's the limit. Yeah. Uh, as far as anything beyond that, those are just ideas that people are throwing around. So before making the claim of what happened prior to the Big Bang. Wait till we actually have some data and some evidence to actually back that up. Then go into that assertion versus starting from that place and yeah. trying to make. Well, there's things a circularity to it too because it's like, well, there's this complicated God that created it. What makes you think that? Well, look how complicated the universe is. So it's like, well, wait a minute. So God exists because the universe is complicated, and when you look at the universe, you can see there's a God, and that's how we know God created the universe. So you're ending up with a <laughs> yeah. circle. You're okay. going in a circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But my other question, yeah, Ricardo, uh, for these arguments that you were saying, who was the intended audience of these arguments? Like, the, I think uh, he's saying he's uh, heard uh, them a lot. Is that? Is that? Yeah. It, I, I heard this one in a debate. Uh, between and now I do I won't remember their name. Oh, sure, one sure, guy I think is uh, the the good guy was Richard Dawkins. The good guy, I think. <laughs> and the the other guy I can't remember his <laughs> and name. And the evil one. Was like, <laughs> the <laughs> evil one. Yeah, the evil one yeah. I can't recall. All right. I'm sorry. No, uh, but cool. the, the bad guy came out with this with this. Uh, and actually, <laughs> not the black hat. Bart the yeah, and, the bad and guy. Richard did, didn't uh, address it in. Right. in the debate, so I, I tried to address it myself, and, and mm-hmm. I re- re- remembered of uh, trying to ask you for your help on, on this one. Uh, so um, thank you very much for your time and to uh, that you took my call. Yeah, sure, thank and, you. And I'll continue. I'll continue to be uh, to, to watch your show. I, I love you. I love the show. <laughs> And I'll, uh, and I'll, yeah, that's it. All right. Uh, well, thank you, Ricardo. Right. Thank, thank you. Thank you, guys. Okay, Thank bye. you very much. Bye. Okay, so now we're going to go to line three, and I'm going to just take, I'm not even going to take a guess. I'm just going to say, um, th- well, I have to, I guess. This is Maryland, and is, the, is it pronounced Kai? K. K, it K. is K, all right. Um, and I what, called before. Okay. And you guys kind of helped me. Okay. First time, you know, I talked about my church and the crazy things they were doing. And ever since I called, they now outed me claiming I'm now an atheist. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Well, you're listed here. I'm just going to vouch for you. Our screeners have listed you as a theist. Mm-hmm. So just because Kay has called the show does not make him an atheist. We also do take calls from theists. And in fact, we prioritize them. But here's the problem. Here's the huge problem. 
I've been questioning everything I've been told, everything I've been taught. And I'm starting to get to that point now where I may actually become one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the one thing that's kind of scaring me is the idea of hell. Okay. There's a lot I of ways to approach hell, but go, sure. but um, yeah. So so basically, you you still have fear of hell. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing, though. We had a caller on just a minute ago who said one of the things that he rebutted people with is that you can't really help what you believe, right? I mean, you're presented with evidence and you believe whatever you believe about it. And unless someone can convince you, present something to you that changes your mind, you tend to just sort of go with what you're convinced of, regardless of if it's good reasons, bad. it doesn't matter. Whatever convinces you of something is, in the end, you're just going to believe what you're convinced of. Correct. Sure. I can't. I can't take you to the top of a building and ask you to jump off and believe to die. Right? You couldn't not believe that. You would believe that you're going to die if you jump off a skyscraper. And I can't. There's nothing I can. It's not like you're choosing that belief. Right? It's not a choice. Mm-hmm. You're compelled to believe it because of the evidence that you have seen about what happens to people when they fall from a great height. Correct. Yeah. Okay. If God is going to torture you for eternity because of what you believe, there's not too much you can really do about it. it that's just a, I mean, I'm good. That's, that's a, a jerk of a God um, who would hurt you for something you can't really help. I don't know what I'm else. Like I've gotten to the point, though. Like, I've really gotten to the point now where it's like, it doesn't scare me. It comes back and forth. Like, I, I think if you just okay. will accept that there's nothing you can do about it, right? I mean, if you start to think about it and you start to have the, the existential fear of hell, yeah. just remind yourself that you've already thought this through. You can't change what you believe, and if you're going to go to hell, you're going to go to hell. And so there's no point dwelling on it. If you can't change it, what's the point of dwelling on it? Mm-hmm. And I know True. I've... I know I've talked a little bit about it um, before on the show, maybe on the last show that we were on together, as a matter of fact, but that fear of hell, even after I came out of theism, that I understood that I was an atheist and didn't have a belief in God, that fear of hell was still there for me for quite a while. I guess it was a couple of years, maybe, after um, I came out of religion. Even though I had that, I, I knew I was an atheist, I knew I didn't believe this, but it was still just lingering there. Uh, in the background, kind of like, you know, I'm I'm an atheist, but, oh, well, what if this is the case I'm going to burn uh, for all time? But that was the way that I grew up. That was the way that I was taught. Um, I mentioned it before, but in one of the churches I grew up in, that was there was a large uh, picture on the wall um, called the Lake of Fire that had um, all of it was just, you know, fire brimstone everywhere and had all the words uh, that were associated with qualities about you. So greed. Uh, for example, was in the lake of fire and all these other examples. My literal understanding, like this was this, what if this is going to happen to me? People that deny the word of God, this is what happens. Um, so even though I was an atheist, that stuck with me for a while. And my way of coming out of it, like it may not be effective for you. Like say so you're convinced by what you're convinced by. And that's, um, it's hard to say, but for my experience, it was studying, looking at other religious uh, organizations looking at their doctrine to see, well, there are other afterlifes out there. It's not just this one. So 
I'm heavily invested in, you know, this lake of fire. That was my uh, picture of hell. Different people have different uh, pictures of hell depending on your upbringing. But that was my picture. It was uh, fire brimstone. And it was the acknowledgement that I'm scared of this. I understand that I still have a fear of this. But here's another religion that has another afterlife. But I'm not scared of this. No fear of the underworld, uh, say, for example. Or I didn't have any other... Uh, fears tied to those other worlds, even though some of them can be pretty horrible. Uh, there's a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of afterworlds out there yeah. that have been presented, but I had no fear of those. And so it was my understanding that I am fearing this lake of fire type of hell because I was raised to be in fear of it. If I was raised in a different religion, I would be in fear of some other type of hell. And so yeah. looking at it like just from a bird's eye view, looking at it, putting them on the same level with each other to say that this afterlife is no more plausible than this other one, right. depending on what what part of the world I grew up in and what religion I was brought up in. So why should I fear this particular type of hell when I have no fear or acknowledgement or even yeah. care about these other afterworlds, uh, these other afterlifes that are there? And so I kind of, looking at it in that way, that's what kind of, uh, over time, it, it wasn't an immediate thing. I won't say this is like, oh, it was just pop and it was right. done. But over time, it was just like, I, why should I keep a fear of this? What, it doesn't make sense to fear this so viscerally if I'm not scared of any of the other. Yeah. Because they're all, none of them have been substantiated. So why should I fear any of them, let alone fear this one in particular and not any other? Well, what was also interesting is we had that recent, like, uh, during the back cruise, it was the same date as an end of the world prediction. And it made me laugh because when I was, um, when I was in one of the beliefs we had was, you know, nobody knew the time or the date, whatever. So when we would hear these end of the world predictions that other Christians believed, we would just kind of laugh like, oh, that's ridiculous. And I'm going to assume that you don't, you don't freak out and sell your house every time you hear an end of the world prediction. Is that correct? No. Right. No. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And so that's the thing. Um, if there's really no reason to believe it, then you don't, you sh- you're not afraid of it, right? I think it's the emotion. It is an emotion. Of course it's an emotion. I think all it is is when you're around these people, when you're around a bunch of people who claim that they believe in the same thing, yes. you start to feel all that emotion as the emotion starts to come together, and they start sharing that same emotion. Right, but, but I guess what I'm saying is that. religious claims that you don't accept from other, you know, Christians, you, it doesn't scare you at all. You don't even give it a second thought. You're just like, oh, pshaw, right? I mean... But I'd rather listen. I'd also <laughs> rather listen to everyone. I listen to everyone's thoughts. But that's though. fine, but you're, like I, mean, I say, you're not house. Right. And, nah. and that's the thing. It's, it's, uh, this, the thing with hell is you have to just, you know, when, when you come to be able to see it in the same light as other claims of threats that you don't accept is true. Right. Then this will probably subside. Now I will say that there are some people who say I've been an atheist for many years and I still fear. And it's, they know it's not rational, but it, like you say, it's just an emotional thing with them. And that's, I, I, don't, I don't know how to fix that. It's like if you... I think it's just something that we're raised with. Yeah, absolutely. You know, some, sure. some atheists sure. are raised that way. Sure. Raised Christian, and then once they learn and start studying more their own religion or other religions, they start to see, okay. you know, the claims don't really add up. So. All right. Well, I don't know if that helps at all. Uh, you might go... <laughs> oh, it does. Okay. You can go to our blog and talk to some people about whether they fear hell and, and if how they got past it. Um, that might be useful.
Sure, because I, I don't think but there's any, any shortage of okay. people having that experience. Thanks, saying, Kay. We're going to let you go. Yep, yep. All right. Bye-bye. Right. Take care. Okay. Um, let's go now. We've got a, someone on the line here. This is um, somebody identifying as Dr. Kronos in Los Angeles, California. Yeah, hello. 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 You can hear me all right, right? Hey, what's on your mind today? Uh, well, uh, a whole bunch of stuff, but I'll start with something really controversial, just because uh, I know the, the you know the listeners love that. Um, if God was running for president, would you vote for him or would you vote against him? Which God? Which that's what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> Any the question? Okay, here's the thing. Um, okay, let's let's elaborate. If let's say God or Satan ran for president of the United States in 2020. Um, and just to make make it more interesting, let's say nobody knew which God, you know, it could be Allah, Yahweh, Wotan, whatever, um, you know, a, a bit dramatic, but I hope I, it's still... Let me just say, I probably wouldn't vote okay. for a God, and my reasoning would be that if there's a God that's any in any way in charge or able to influence the world, and this is what they've come up with, I would rather mm-hmm. go with, let's try people for a while and see how that goes. Right. Plus, they could still rule without necessarily to... <laughs> yeah, to and I would, I would like, yeah. to, ask, I would like deity, to ask that right? God to please not be involved in any of our leadership anymore, because if that yeah. God is actually putting you know putting up the rulers, um, they're doing not so good sometimes, so... Let us yeah, pick no our kidding. Own. I, I wouldn't vote for I wouldn't vote for either one of them either. But of course, you know, uh, uh, well, exceptionally good judgment is not common. It's exceptional, well, exceptional by definition. To be fair, uh, though, good, Satan good is pretty honest, is right? Either. Satan, is, as portrayed in the Bible, is is a pretty honest character and mm-hmm. had, did not kill. I don't think did he not kill anyone or no? I think there yeah, was, but, uh, there but was a few instances. Killed less, but, but, yeah, yeah, less. killed a lot less far people. Less. <laughs> If it was, you know, if Satan and God were running and neither one of them showed up for debates, neither one of them made a public appearance, oh. you know, how would we even oh. know they okay. were really running? You know, if we don't know who they are, we just know there's this name. Now, gotcha. of course, you know, okay. uh, you know, it's, as I was saying, you know, it's entirely possible that reasonable judgment doesn't even come. And it's just, you know, <laughs> so, so common judgment doesn't imply good judgment. In, in the same sense, um, I, I wanted to say, um, you know, that, that, you know, if, if I said, you know, you had common judgment, you, you don't know whether to take that as a compliment or an insult. Uh, likewise, uh, you know, um, uh, a sense of, um, um, but, you know, uh, well, good sense is, 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 you know, something that's not necessarily all that common. Common sense isn't necessarily good. And yet we get people saying, oh, you know, you don't have any common sense. I'm like, oh, thank you. I have, you know, uncommon sense, and uh, I appreciate the compliment. Um, but, you know, back to the candidates, uh, you know, if neither one shows up for a debate okay. or anything, obviously, you know, people who are going to, uh, there are going to be people who are going to vote based on party. Um, you know, let's say, uh, you know, say, say in the primaries, they both ran for both Democrat and Republican. Well, now, just to uh, you're basically saying, you're you're not saying that, you're saying, Okay, you're not saying that they're manifest. You're saying that not they saying they run no, and running. they are and they are put on a ballot, but they don't have any more demonstration of their existence as they do right now. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> and a whole lot of people can a whole lot of con- people convinced that only one of those two can win. That those are the huh. choices. You got other candidates <laughs> trying to win, but you know, a hundred million people or, or or more saying, "Oh, you know, we got to vote for for this one to keep that one from winning." 
Well, here's what it wouldn't matter. Why that. couldn't <laughs> I don't know that it would matter who won because we'd end up having to run it ourselves anyway. Okay, but but here's my question. Why couldn't we have on the ballot a way for the people that felt that way, that felt, okay, you know, these are the only two who can win. we got to stop this one. Why can't we have a way on the ballot for them to directly against the one they want to stop so they don't have to vote for the other one that they don't necessarily want? And then, you know, that way, that way the, the no It's like have negative votes. That's an interesting thought. Votes. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to think about it more, but it's a, it's an interesting thought. It, I think we would, it, it would, if the you other, search, well, the other, if you want to search on YouTube for balanced ballot, okay. you'll find a, a short video, two and a half minutes long that explains it probably better than I there do. There you go. Um, I've been I've been pushing this for 48 years. The guy that that uh, had that video made has been doing it for four years, and he's got it's like like button on Facebook that we need. I don't. (laughs) I said it's like that dislike button that we keep waiting for on Facebook. Yeah, you know, we we need the option to say no. No, you know, sure. uh, You know, there there are downsides to every option you give people, and you know, you got to work with them and figure out what. And you know, but but the thing is, right now we're flat out silencing dissent. In 2016, a whole lot of people wrote in votes against Hillary Clinton and against Donald Trump. I live in California. Uh, I asked the Secretary of State specifically what happens to those votes here, and they said they're thrown away as spoiled. I said, but isn't it obvious what the voter wanted? They said, yes. I said, doesn't the law require that you count the vote the way the voter wanted? They said, yes. I said, then why are they being thrown out? And they said, because we don't know know what else to do with them, because there isn't a way to uh, uh, put a subtraction into the system. Right. It's a a tally system based on votes breaking the law because they haven't figured out how, how to obey the law. Yeah, I, I'd have to know more about it. I, sure. I, you know, I mean, I understand what you're describing. I'm not sure I that wish, negative votes I wish count. everyone knew more about it. We need to think about this more. I mean, okay. you know, when we're young children, we're taught at an early age that you can't subtract a larger number from, from a smaller one. Almost all of us are taught that, that it's impact a larger number from a smaller one. Then later on, they tell us about negative numbers, and they say, well, you know, if you if you have to subtract the larger from this a smaller one. This is kind one, of a long way around for just saying it, I didn't you, like Hillary, I didn't like Trump. I mean, it's fine if well, that's actually, the point. <laughs> I actually wrote in Bernard Sanders, and I was actually one of the – uh, presidential electors for Bernard Sanders okay. here in California. And, and that's he fine, was, but, but you, you right spent an signif- inordinate amount of time to get to this point. Um, sure, I, I, I was kind of wondering why you call like this show in particular for that subject, if that was the yeah, eventual point that you wanted to make. Yeah, because what they said was the influence of religion on politics, and because, that's not quite because, what yeah. this call because was. Atheist, because as an atheist, I know good and well that we constantly, we atheists are constantly running into people not being able to understand the difference between things like uh, being against God, uh, disbelieving in God, and simply not believing in God. Such concepts get confused. Atheists have to deal with them. We have to go yeah, through Yeah, but this, this is mental. very tenuous. Yeah. I have to say that I, I'm getting, it I'm is, a little, I'm a little, like I said, I know your I'm starting to feel like the show has stuff. been used here. I just want to let you know. I'm feeling like the show has been used. Um, um, I, well, I hope it's being used in a good way. I, I mean, well, well, you might. Just, show, yeah, I have, this I was have not the show for before. that. No. Um, I, I have called in once before, and when I, I got through, and I talked to Matt Dillahunty, and he strongly disagreed with me on something. And then later on, and I and I would like to thank him for it. By the way, later on, um, he did he did change his mind about the subject, and that was the idea of whether or not to be both a theist and an atheist at once. 
Humans do have a thing called cognitive dissonance. I can't speak for I Matt. I, I, I can't, yeah, and I, don't, and I don't speak for Matt on this. Um, you know, no, I, I'm just I'm just saying I don't mean you know I don't mean to abuse the show, uh, but I do believe this is part of the atheist experience, and that is what the okay. show is about. I well, am I'm saying you got your time. We have about 15 to, minutes left. Yeah. I'm going to go I'll ahead let and you let go you go. On other things. All right, thank and you. I really and appreciate you can, hearing me. You can go thank and you. post the website that you mentioned at the blog in case other people are interested in it. You can definitely do that. So post it where? At the blog for the show. Yeah. Free thought, free thought blog blogs. Slash AXP. Mm-hmm. Blog. I'm not sure whether or not I whether or not I uh, can can post on the blog, but I can post uh, on the YouTube video. Okay. Well, you can post. Anyone can post to the blog, but let me just give people a heads up. The first time you post to the blog, it has to be moderated, and so you won't see it immediately. Uh, if you try to post to the blog and you don't, and your post doesn't come up right away, and you've never posted to the blog before, just give it time, and you, it will okay. be moderated within a day or two. I will also try to find that uh, Richard Dawkins video you were looking for, and if I can find it, um, I'll, I'll try to post that somewhere as well. Okay. So I'll be adding you, that, that to the OP. The trouble. I'll be well. I have what, to put it in the OP anyway. I've got to put it in the original post anyway. They they've asked me to do that, so that's what I do. <laughs> well, whatever works for you. I'm All just right. saying I'll, I'll see if I can do that and maybe save you some trouble. All right. Well, thank you. And thank you for hearing me out. I okay. really appreciate it. And thanks for, you know, letting other atheists hear, hear my thoughts on this. I sure. really appreciate that. <laughs> well, thank you. we kind of got tricked into it. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is, who's next here? We've got, um, we'll go to number two because it's noted as a quick call. Let's see. This is going to be Rawl in Beaumont. Yes. Hey. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you fine. Is, is it oh, Rawl or Raul? No, it says Rawl. No, it's, it's Nolo, actually. Okay. What's Rawl? Yeah, that's not my real name, though, actually. Uh, I'm not at the uh, uh, liberty to give you my real name, to be honest, because of gotcha, my obligation. Gotcha. Then so, what difference does it make what we call it? <laughs> <laughs> that, well, so, that's one of my uh, videos. Uh, get my <laughs> fake name right. <laughs> well, okay. So, But you would prefer well, Nolo while we were dressing. Well, is that... Yeah, yeah, I just had... Uh, is that like an Indian uh, swear word or something? I, I don't know. We're, uh, I think I'm, I'm paranoid now. No, it's, it's not a swear <laughs> word, but gotcha. It's just okay, a so go ahead. What, what's your call? What do you got on your mind okay. today? The call is very simple. And I'm an atheist, by the way. Okay. I was always an atheist since I was born. I emigrated to America from India, to be quite frank. And, uh, well, uh, to my surprise, I never knew America was so uh, indulged or dwell uh, in theocracy so deeply. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> because, Welcome. Because I, my dad always used to tell me religion is mental weakness. And I was grown up with that attitude. But, mm. you know, in, in India, when I was growing up, it's mostly survival because of the population density and all that stuff. What's your cast? Every day you wake up. It, it's just you, you, you have this uh, tough work ethic that is instilled upon you. <laughs> I, mean, I want to know. Um, Are you broad curious? I was born, uh, it's a different one. It's a reformed version of uh, Brahmin, I would say. Okay. They, they tried to accept all the other castes. This was back in oh, 2008. Wow, very progressive caste system. Yeah. It's, a, it's from the state of Karnataka. It's called Veera Shaiva. I think uh, you might see that. See them here. Uh, okay. They have a group called North, Northeast, uh, I mean North American Veera Shaiva Samaj or something like that. Okay. But I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not into it, to be honest. Right. The only, I'm, I mean, I'm, t- the I'm taking you off track. Work. Sorry, I was just curious. Yeah, I mean, you only, my, my mom always told me you pray for good grades. That's it. <laughs> good, what? Good, good, I didn't. I didn't. Wait, wait, wait. 
Good. Girl, I, was it good girls? That- no, I don't know. Great. <laughs> good grades, like A grades. Oh, grades. Okay, okay. Oh, grades. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Heard yeah. that wrong. So it's just wishful thinking. I mean, it never contradicted with reality, okay? Uh, okay. But, okay. Uh, you know, coming to this country, I'm, I mean, I was growing up watching Wildlife, David Attenborough, yeah. uh, a lot of National Geographic Discovery, you name it. Uh, my dad actually, you know, uh, exposed me to this stuff, and I was actually I've grown up watching American cartoons like He Man, uh, SWAT Cats, okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. and uh, many more, many more actually. Uh, and then I got later on got uh, myself hooked onto the Chinese anime. From Japanese anime, I learned a lot. I mean, quite a lot, to be honest. All right, we're getting uh, off track here. A little, little bit, though. Little <laughs> it's bit. my okay. fault. Okay. I take responsibility. It's all okay. my fault. I, I went to I went to one of these Christian uh, Chi Alpha ministries two days ago. Oh, fun. And I happened to meet John Lennox. What do you know? <laughs> From the Beatles? You know, John Lennox. No, I'm just Lennox. kidding. So, okay, you're going to have to fill me in. I don't know John Lennox. No, it sounds oh, familiar. Well, he's a theologian debater. Oh, okay, uh, so we got an apologist. Okay, All right, gotcha. Okay. gotcha. Uh, yeah, an apologist. And guess what? This is a Christian ministry-held uh, organization. I, I just happened to go there. I told these guys I'm, a, I'm not a Christian, and guess what? That startled the whole... Uh, my whole group, to be honest, they, they were like, oh, this guy's not a Christian. We need to make mm. him a Christian. <laughs> but everybody oh, in India was Christian. Yeah. Uh, wait, yeah, most of them, 99% were Christian. This is a, this is a Christian campus ministry, uh, like a sorority or a fraternity okay. called Chi Alpha. Okay. And uh, I met this guy called John Lennox, and guess what? They had this uh, speaking session about for him, from him. Uh, for one or two hours, and he was bashing all the atheists, Richard Dawkins, and uh, they had a topic called um, morality. Uh, like, how how does how do we get morality? You know, the classic theologian question. And uh, their answer was, I bet the answer was uh, God. Well, uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Got and, uh, it. I, I would score a hundred on the you know where did the world come from? God. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we get our morality? I'm God! The easiest yeah, yeah. ever. That, that's exactly what he did. And guess what? He bashed atheists every, in every opportunity he got. He bashed Richard Dawkins again and again and again. And, uh, and he said, by the end of this year, well, Richard Dawkins might convert 50 atheists, um, 50 people into atheists, but he would have 500 Christian converts. See, that's a very bold claim. I think he might do that with the current, you know, with oh, all the with that audience. Climate. Yeah. Well, you get they yeah. get them when they're young, so yeah. So and these, these, guys, these guys were so young. They were like 19. They were freshmen, sophomore. They were like so bashed into this. I, I actually mm-hmm. had some uh, opportunity to speak with them about, you know, hey, you know, this is not how it works. And don't you think, <laughs> uh, you know, there should be something? How, how did that go? I'm, you know, they all jumped on me. Wow. <laughs> like a, a wild beast. <laughs> but, well, they did not. I'm just joking. But, oh, wow. uh, you know, there was, there was some harsh criticism here and there, uh, which I've ever since I've been meeting some, some of these uh, church-going and uh, hardcore theologian people, which, I, you know, I've, I've been in Texas for a while. I always meet them. In every five feet, you got a church. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. I have, like, several churches in walking distance from my house. It's, it's wild. Yeah, I mean, you, even in California, when I was in California, San Diego State, I actually I was baffled that there were so many conservatives out there. And uh, I did meet some good people. I'm not going to say that. My main dream was to surf uh, because uh, ah, okay. I watched this movie called uh, Chasing Mavericks. In that movie. Um, ah, okay. Yeah. So I, 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 got, I got hooked into it. All uh, right. But anyway, that's my stuff. But here, uh, uh, to the current call, uh, I would say 
this guy, John Lennox, was bashing, uh, you know, all the atheists and people Gosh, like that. Gosh darn it, John Lennox. <laughs> Stop yeah, being John so Lennox. dang mean. Uh, he was a, <laughs> he's a professor of mathematics from the University of Oxford. Now, that's quite outstanding, to be honest. Yeah. But uh, I would be more interested in him uh, teaching rudimentary topics of calculus rather than theology, you know? Right, right. That is, Something that, that he's uh, actually educated in. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure he's so famous that he gets a lot of money. So, he, look, he got, like, two hours of speaking session at this uh, current, like, it was in Huntsville, Texas. I don't know. You know the Sam Houston State University? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, somewhere there. Uh, they had this uh, whole stuff, the whole gig up, and they had all these Christian people coming in. They're doing these young people. And I was looking at all these kids taking notes, and guess what? They, can, they cannot even spell Nobel Laureate properly. The Laureate was spelled L-A-U-R-I-E-T-T-E. Oh. Are you kidding me? I mean, okay. that, was, that was the level of ignorance. I was mind-blown. Uh, I was shell-shocked at that moment. Like, All right, Nolan. We've got, some, we got people on the other lines, so we have to kind yeah, of yeah, wrap. Yeah. But... Okay, I, I'm just going to let you go. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, it was fun chatting. <laughs> Thank you for sharing All your right. atheist yeah, but, experience. Hey, big fat. Okay. <laughs> All right, thanks. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right, shaka, shaka. Bye. <laughs> shaka. He was saying that he was uh, like so famous. That both of us had to kind of think to ourselves. Well, this and then you would I sit think, now. Wait, you would think that, that we would recognize an apologist's <laughs> name. So I am kind of embarrassed here. I, I think I know. I kind of have a picture in my mind. I just have to confirm on Google later. Right. Just, I was thinking, ooh, you met a rock star, or you know, nah. <laughs> the Beatles. Yeah, I met an apologist at a Christian convention. Who'd have thought? Okay, so this is what do we got going on now? Where am I at? Um. Oh, okay, so I guess this one looks interesting. Let's go to... Oh, you know what? Someone's been holding, though. Let me go to this one's been holding. So I always have to be careful. Okay, this is Idaho. Hi. Hey. Um, hey, I'm a little nervous. Um, Sorry, calm down. Oh. We're just having a chat here. <laughs> um, so I, I am an atheist. Um, I was diagnosed with... Uh, with lupus um, a couple years ago, and I I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit, um, if that's okay. Yes. Because I know that a lot of people, and, and one of the earlier callers was talking about how um, hell and, and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and um, I I mean my my diagnosis is, is not good of of the type of lupus that it is and um, of just how it's attacking my body. And part of the reason for that is um, when I was younger, um, and, you know, out in Idaho, we were kind of um, a lot of isolated communities, um, extremist uh, f- fundamentalist groups, I guess, and we're one of the states where you're allowed to not um, give your kids medical, it, like, you're the pen, you're I understand. Pen- the parents aren't required medical care. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And and so that that's kind of what happened when I was growing up. Um, and by the time I was able to get treatment, my body was kind of wrecked by that. And um, and I and I also struggled with the whole the whole health concept too because when I was religious. Um, you know what? What is the purpose of me being sick? Does God want me sick? And the fact that I'm getting treatment does that mean that 
I'm considered broken because of because God wanted me sick in the beginning. Right. Or is the fact that I can function now that um, then why bother? You know, if, if the off chance was that um, was that they're just kind of hoping that I would eventually get better. Why? Why? Why even have me? Why have me be born in Idaho? <laughs> for goodness sake! I mean, it's kind of a disaster over here. Um, it's it, it, so the idea that that religion helps with coping with death. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to say with all the people who are afraid of hell and, and things like that. It, right. And, and even as someone who, you know, I don't exactly have a, a I don't exactly have a lot of time left, um, but it's so much better with science. <laughs> it's so much better on our side, um, you know, because, you know, we are alone out there and just helping um being able to help each other. I think that and, you, and you're bringing up a good good points. I have a friend who um, does psychiatric treatment, and they are a treat uh, the, the mental health professional. And one of the things that they had an issue with was uh, incorporating prayer into therapy, which is something that is a big push um, going on in the UK with regard to psychiatric care. And one of the issues that they dealt with, or one of their concerns, the ethical concerns, was exactly what you're describing, this idea of what happens when you get uh, the, the therapist involved as well with the religious rituals with the patient, and instead of having them get their religious support elsewhere if they did, and have the treatment um, be evidence-based and medicine, uh, if you incorporate the two and the therapy, therapy fails, what happens to the patient? Does the patient then say, God doesn't want me to get help? Because now you've got the therapist is, is in, inherently tied to the religious view. And you, you have this judgment, the self-judgment. And that's what the other psychiatrist was arguing. He was saying, what, what, how much worse would this be for the patient if they believe that not only the psychiatrist couldn't help them, but that God was refusing or that they weren't worthy of being helped, or that they weren't supposed to be getting help. Like, what could this do to their? Yeah, I, I have, I'm actually a speech therapist, and I, I, I work a lot with patients with stroke and traumatic brain injury. Um, it's there's a, you know a lot of the injuries out here by the time they get to the hospital because we have to fly them in and blah blah blah. You know, they're they're usually, um, it's usual, and I I see that with a lot of my patients, especially if they're Hutterites or if they're fundamentalist Mormons. If they don't get better and with the month, you know, and that very really happens with strokes and traumatic brain injuries and their family starts blaming them, they start getting isolated. Um, but, yeah, because I, 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 I still, I, I'm one of those, those religious people who still, I, I don't, I'm not still afraid of the hell, but I'm still afraid of the whole, I, I still have, I'm fighting the whole, it's my fault that I'm sick. You know that it sounds uh, to me like it might be your parents' fault that you're sick. It, yeah, <laughs> that's how I interpret your story. But it's 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 a sign that the family is cursed. You know, it's a sign that God was at least how I was grown. I was you know that's cursed with bad judgment. Treatment. And you know, I mean, this is this is horrible that you are oh. end of this mess. Yeah. That the idea that you're you are paying for someone else's religious views, um, it, I mean, I'm I hate to hear this, 
But at the same time, I'm glad you're telling this story because this is, we talk about the um, separation of church and state. Uh, for example, when you're talking about some benefits of, of I want to say the atheist culture, not all atheists obviously subscribe to the same things, but in general, we're going to have a better view of autonomy than a church that believes that you must devote yourself entirely to God and simply the authority saying that. So at least in the atheist community, you have the option of of meeting people who value your autonomy, which would be that even if you're a child, you're not property. And that means that if someone's not getting you medical care and you need that medical care and you're offering for it, um, I think there's probably a lot of people within the atheist community who would come to bat for you to say, we agree that this person should get care or that their parents should, you know, there needs to be some intervention here uh, in this family situation because this is an individual and a human being and a person and this is a citizen even though they're a minor. Thank you. Um, I don't know what that, thank you. I don't know that it helps, but it's definitely no. It it does. It my does. View. Thank you. Um, and and I agree. It's something that we need to we need to work more and better on with this country. But I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys go. So okay. yeah. Um, um, before you go, you Christine, um, I, I, as you were saying that, I'm so sorry to hear about just such a situation. But do you have support where you are? Do you have like a support network that you run for? Uh, just your own mental stability and just help just are you do you have something there? Um, not not in in real life so to speak um but i i have this like i've been going through the, the secular therapist project and recovering from religion and then uh, some support groups online good okay good that's, good. that's what i was going to suggest i'm glad that, that you know. took advantage of those things um and availed yourself of of resources i'm glad those resources are out there uh, Thank you, and I yeah, I was thrilled when I found But yeah, I'm, I'm gonna let you guys take some other calls. But thank you so much. Thank you, thank right, you for your you. call. Bye. All right, bye. Right, right. Oh, that was a tough one. You know, and my was, heart goes out to Christine. You know, and and I can't. I mean, the the anger that I felt listening to her story, just at the idea of somebody having to suffer. I want to say, you know, for the rest of their life, but it's like she's. What she's describing is is an early death, right? And a, and a very early death based on somebody else's mm-hmm. beliefs and decisions of, uh, that she put, had no control over. Right. I mean, you, yeah. she had no options here. This is completely messed up. But I'm glad she found support. I wanted to ask that right before she got up. No, I'm, I'm just, glad I'm, you I'm, did because I didn't think of that, and you did, and I was like, "That's a great question." So I'm I'm really glad you said it because I just I didn't go down that line. But that's you because you're the volunteer guy, so you're the support guy. So no, that's that's your definitely your strong suit. And let's see. So what else do we have here? We've got um, this one's been waiting. We'll go for. Keith in Rochester, New York. Hey. How's it going? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. Sorry, I'm a little nervous. I've it's never okay. been on, on. You know, I've never you know shows before. But uh, yeah, I just want to talk about how I went from uh, atheist to theist. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
I thought as an atheist that I had like this perfect worldview that, you know, with without a God, you know, but, you know, I saw there's so like that what if that, you know, like what if God is real? I can never, you know, explain, explain away, you know, God. And, you know, just by coincidence, this one girl that I was attracted to, Happened to invite me to her church, and you know, I went. I only went because I was attracted to her. You know, I wanted to date her, so you know, I forgot. I forgot. And you know, they asked for for uh, you know for you know or whatever, and you know, I guess she was kind of inclined or, or kind of like you know, signaled me to go up there and you know get saved. And I just didn't really feel like I had a reason. I just kind of took a chance, and you know, I Keith, let me interrupt you just I for a moment. I, I just want to let you know that you, there seems to be like a cyclical thing going on with your phone where you're cutting out like every, I don't know, several seconds or every so? Every several seconds, yeah. It's just I don't know what up. it is, but I'm just kind of making you aware. If oh, there's really? anything on your end that you think might account for that, that you want to adjust, that would be great. If there's not, then we'll just deal with it. We're catching most of what you say, but I just wanted to let you know. Yeah, it's using one of those apps or something like that. Uh, okay. Well, this calls over Wi-Fi. Okay. Well, we're catching most of it, so, so yeah, right. go yeah. ahead. So you were at the, uh, the altar call, <laughs> it sounded like? Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just kind of like, you know, I, I kind of felt some, like it was sort of more like a neutral feeling, like, a, you know, like it could be, you know, like I was sort of like more open to it, you know, and, you know, I got church and, well, the girl moved away. So, like, even after she moved, I was still going to church, you know, I was president to it. Like the day I got baptized, you know, that was the day I felt, you know, it was kind of like this sort of um, light just sort of like turned on, you know, and, you know, God was like real to me like ask if there's like evidence or proof of you know like the only proof that you'll ever experience is like your own personal experience. everyone that's ever experienced god has their own so like you know like that, that that's real proof that you'll ever discover you know so it's different for each person um well i mean the experience could be different but you're experiencing the same but how do we but, know, you know if, if it's not a cons- your, your, if there's not a cons- with- if there's not a consistent experience, then how do we know that the experience is God? From your own personal experience, like the God that you're experiencing, but it's all the same God. Right. How would I know like- that it's that it's the experience is is the source is God? Well, that's what I'm saying. You, you'd have to experience it for yourself. I mean, I. Can- Right, but there's a lot of people now atheists. All right, there are there are a lot of people who have had experiences that they interpreted as God, who are now atheists and say that it was not God. So, I guess my question is, how do we confirm, or how would we even have an inkling of the source of this experience? What is it about the experience that makes you believe that it is divine in origin? Um, you know, for me, it was just the experience. I mean. I've always believed that there was a logical and scientific explanation to sort of explain the things that the Bible talked about. I actually got to a point in my life where I sort of the reality that felt more than the reality that I'm in right now. I, I mean, I, I feel like I experienced God greater than most people have in their, their whole life. I guess what I mean, I'm asking, you know, though, I, is how do you know that whatever you're experiencing is divine in origin? Well, I mean, it's just that. It's just an experience that feels more authentic than that I experience right now. I mean... So you have an authentic experience, just, uh, but what makes you think it's divine yeah. in origin? Um, well, explain. I mean, when I experience 
it was kind of like a like a sort of like a signature like i knew it was christ and like no other deity that you know anyone else had you know thought of you could know. you be wrong i mean another perspective someone can you know i could never really you know prove that i'm right but i don't believe that i'm wrong i Believe, why do you believe that you're right that i am right why do you believe that you're right i mean just because of the experience itself you know <laughs> but that doesn't like, help i mean you're, you're not gonna know but then i but what i'm saying it's is there like, well, okay but what, what a lot of people and i'm not i'm not saying you're one but there's a lot of people who have the experience that they describe as god and then years later they become an atheist and they say yeah i mean i thought it was god but i, I don't think that anymore so I guess what I'm saying is, as somebody on the outside of this who sees both things here, so I see some people who say, I had these experiences I interpret as God, and I don't believe that was correct. And then I have somebody saying, I have this experience of God, and I believe I, I am correct. And so my question is, what about your experience is making you think that this is from a God and not from your own mind? Um, I had was something that sort of like filled in the gaps, you know. No, I don't know. That's why I'm asking. It's 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 quite a long story to explain, honestly. Um, I've down a lot of stuff here, but okay. You know, well, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna drag it out. Really, uh, can't even really what? Right. Well, I mean, if look at reality itself, I mean, you can't really confirm if like that's real or not. Like you know, like. Right, but at least I'm confronted with a manifestation. But but here's the thing. Like, for example, you can't see me maybe. I don't know if you're watching or if you're just listening. But I'm touching what I would believe would be my glasses, right, that are the face. Now, I don't know quite what that, I can't say what that really is or is not, but I do know that I perceive, like, a visual of it, that I can touch it, that, you know, I'm having an experience here, like you're describing an experience, and I am calling this glasses, and I can describe this, and I can show it to other people, and we can, you know, compare those experiences. But what I'm asking you is, you're saying that there's a divine origin to this thing. And so, first of all, I don't even know what a divine origin is. But I'm asking you, what makes you think that there's anything divine about it? Like, what information do you have about God based on this experience? What information has this God provided you that we could you know, somehow recognize it as well, not... You know, I could say that he, he explained things to me that were or such as, you know, the origin of the the universe itself, which is... God explained the origin of universe. the universe. Did I hear that right? Because there is yeah. some breakup. Okay, so you think God explained yeah. the origin of the universe to you. What did God tell you about it? Uh, well, well, it's, uh, well um, you know, like, you know, physicists ask the question, how you know, how do we get something from nothing or whatever? Well, the thing is, more of you know, start, impossible to get something from nothing. It's easier to go from something to nothing, and so this is more of like a paradox. You know, there is. Mm, let me ask you a question. I, I've asked creation. other people this, but I want to ask you this to see what your view is. Can nothing exist? Uh, I mean, can't be observed as. Uh, unreservable. If know, something, I don't even know how to ask. I don't even know how to ask this question. But if if, <laughs> if it existed, wouldn't it be something? Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, you, if you think, then you'd be be observing something. something. Would be unobservable. Right. So, 
can right. nothing can can I don't even know how to ask it. I can't even say can nothing be because I, I mean <laughs> if it was it wouldn't be nothing. So I don't even I when people talk about like an absolute sort of nothing I don't really understand what it is they're describing right. I mean, or why, even trying why, to why. communicate. Right. That something can't really come from nothing. Something has to come from But God told uh, you, you that know, it was easier you, to get you try from and trace that back. But but you're saying God told you it was easier Some, to get from something to nothing. From something to nothing and then go go back from nothing to something because you can't go from nothing. How do right? you but even have create, how can destroy, you even have again. nothing? Like, I, I, I don't, I don't, I, <laughs> well, the best way I can explain nothing would be uh, sort of space that's not compressed. Because, um, you know, the space that we see is, is, is compressed, what's outside of our, our universe. Um, I mean, that's why space is warped in. So, so how mean, do we, how, like, how would itself. we, how would we go <laughs> about verifying what this got universal origins? I mean, have you talked well, I mean, to anybody who's in that field, like you, reached out and said, does this sound valid? Well, I mean, you really can't verify it until you off. But the thing is, like, once you observe nothing, then it'll be kind of, you know, too late. Well, <laughs> here's a question, though. Nothing where there's I, absolutely no matter to depend on. I would, I would recommend that you take this, that you would write down what God told you about the origin of the universe and that you send that to... Uh, and I'm not joking. Send send it off to like a university where they have a department that has like an astrophysics department. Just say, does this sound valid? And just ask them so, if uh, what this God has told you so is accurate. On, uh, Reddit, but uh, well, on Reddit, I'm, I, I'm sure talking. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm talking about. That. I mean, and, and I. Yeah. The, I mean, is this is this I'm, information I'm not correct? To prove or, or, or disprove my claims, you know? But it's well, you called the show. A lot of information that I'm. Right, I know. I mean, it's just something I kind of want to get off my chest. It's not something I've been look, looking for someone to prove or disprove. I'm sure some sure. Well, but I guess all I'm hearing is that you had an experience and you believe it's a god, and he told you about the origins of the universe. But we don't know if what it told you was accurate, and we don't really know why you believe that the event or the or the feeling or the experience that you have is divine in nature. I don't even know what that would mean, but I'm I'm not getting any clearer sense of mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I'm not really too too sure what divine even means myself. I mean, I think I, I don't know. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm not even sure what the word divine means to be honest. But right. I believe that my experience is real because you know I. I well, I don't it doubt and... that you had an experience. Let me just make sure that I'm clear on that right. point. You you say you you felt something or you experienced something, and I don't doubt that you had the experience. I just don't know how you came to the conclusion as, uh, regarding the origins of it. Being a divine being, right? Well, I, I haven't even really been able to explain to explain the entire origin. I mean, it's pretty complicated just because of how paradoxical. I mean, there's there there there's more than one universe. There's just you know, there's more than this one universe. There's more than the the Is there? creation that's described in Genesis. You know, an existence prior. Yeah, know. I, I would I would we, maybe we check. From, like I said, I would I would kind of write down what this God is telling you about universal origins, and I would just run it by somebody who studies this to see what they say. I mean, it might lend validity I mean, to what you're saying. You could be, like, writing these formulas, you know, like and, and get <laughs> things you don't even understand, and they could write back and say, this is brilliant. You just solved a big physics. Thank your God for us. I mean, I mean, it all goes, it goes back to the whole uh, multiverse theory. Um, 
um, you know, the Big Bang. Like the Big Bang yeah, is actually like a future know? event that creates. I don't. I don't know. What... I mean, I know that you don't know, but I know from my experience. I mean, that's the only. Well, I'm like, you know, not sure you do know. I'm saying you you well, no, you think I this. I sure know. I mean, that's really the only claim that you can make is that you're not sure that you know. I mean, and and that's true from your from my perspective. It's, it's something that I do know. I believe that you believe I that mean, you know if you it. Look at reality, that's really all we have is perspective. <laughs> as far as you, know. you can substantiate that it, outside it is, of but the, your the question is: care whether these perspectives align with with the other known facts. That's that's all I'm asking, I guess. Well, I mean, from what I know, know from like you know all these other theories, like you know they they are actually all all in line. Like every sort of ever heard, they all sort of line up with this. And yet they don't support the idea that a God is behind it. Well, you sort of have to know what a God is. Um, Yeah, you you would. I I would agree. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, God God is like real. Uh, When you look at our horrible universe, like God is the entire universe, everything in it. That contains that universe. So you know, like God equal. Are you saying like, from like the biggest thing to the smallest thing? So God equals which is the universe. If that's Adam the case, the why not just say universe? Thing. Well, now it depends. Kinda, like, are you saying that you think that well, God is the I mean, universe, that, that, or are you saying like, he's well, like, the universe plus God? Well, is the universe, and he's also what contains the universe, and you know, yeah, he, he's is... the very smallest thing that actually makes makes up the smallest a building blocks. That is okay. reality itself. You well, know. I mean, I can't, I, I could, I understand you're describing your thought, but the problem is that we could go then, on and on about these to, thoughts, but yeah. we have no way to verify right. what you're saying. And so, like, we had a clip earlier where the guy said, if we have no way to verify it, then it's not valuable. And that's the thing. It's like you could describe what you think. I think exploring the valuable, you know, like it. it I, if we can't verify it, though, then we're, we don't. Well, I, I think that there's well, merit. Wait a minute. Yet, there, there, okay. They, they, Wait a minute. There, hold on. Can't. Hold on. There is merit <laughs> to imagining things if, if in fact, we have a plan to go out and see if we can verify. I agree. But if we're just going to sit and start rolling with the imagination and then just start adding and adding and adding to it, because we've gone several layers here with you on this, right? Mm-hmm. We, we've gone from, I had an experience, I don't know if it was, I, I, I believe it was divine because I believe it was divine. Uh, it told me things about the origin of the universe, um, something and nothing, and then it seems to align with the multiverse. But what I'm not really getting here, I mean, this is kind of going on and on and on, but at the at the same time, we still have not even defined what you think is the source and I'm not sure based on your prior comments that you even can. So we can't, there's no way that we can, is there a plan to verify origin, the divine origin that you believe exists or are we just imagining for the sake of imagining? I, I mean, they really want, you really have is just to keep going down, down the road of, you know, progress and Eventually, progress with my claims, or possibly by the time you do prove it, yeah. you know. But I mean, but wouldn't you rather wait to believe it believe until it is demonstrated to be true instead of believing it before it's demonstrated to be true? No, I mean, because I already know. No. It's true. no. <laughs> so you you would myself, prefer you know? to like, believe things? Why would I wait for someone else to prove it? Wow, because I mean, verification you know, matters when you're talking about whether or not a thing is true. But it, clearly, it doesn't matter to you. Right, and and and. and and for me, it has, you know, from a higher source, you know. 
No, I don't no. know. That's the whole I mean, problem. You, you don't seem to know where this is coming from. You're saying that it had a God signature I, to I do, it? I do know it's coming you from. You said you didn't know that you could even define what divine means. And I, but yet you're telling well, yeah, us that this is source is God. Divine, the source of God. It's just I don't know what it means. I, I don't know what that definition is. I, that, that's the only thing I don't know. It's like means. Divine I mean, means from, from a God. Divine means. <laughs> it just means that it's coming from oh, a yeah, God. Then that's my claim that it came from a God. Right, but the yeah, point is, what is this God? God? You know, I had this conversation. A little while ago, you know, how, how do you prove a God is a God? You no, know? what is it? So, what are you talking well, about well, when you talk about What are you talking well, about? A God is someone that knows something that no one else does. So if I have a secret number in my head, that makes me a God? Like, I'm thinking of a number. Nobody knows it but me. Well, Am no, I a God? you have to know something that's true. Like, it, it is no, true. No, of course not. You okay. To, I, know, that, that, I know something little no, I mean, that nobody else know. knows. Am I a God? Okay, I mean, I see where you're going with that, but you know, no, <laughs> a, a god would have to know something that could be else that nobody else knows. But like, if no know, one else knows it, how do we know, verify like, say, like, it? Of- Wait a minute, how would we verify something? God knows that none of us know. Like, the only thing I can think of is that He would so have to reveal that. Works. Well, but the point- Bible prophecy—that's how how Bible prophecy well, works, because you know the 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 events in the future that you know. Uh, uh, you know, a caveman couldn't know that, but, you know, for some reason, June, I predict, you know, I predict that, that within, within an hour, I will be eating Indian food. <laughs> well, I mean, you can make if that I actually anytime, am, <laughs> If I actually am eating Indian food in an hour, am I a prophet? Well, no, because you're well within your control. And I like could I could be hit by a car on the way there, our, right? Our I mean, events. I I could anything could impede. In an hour, lots of things could happen, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're missing the point, though. I mean, a caveman can't. You know, event that happens today is not in the control of some caveman that wrote it. You know, thousands of years. Right, but I don't you know, believe like, that Bible prophecy is right for many reasons. Well, I- <laughs> and you don't have to believe that Bible prophecy is valid, but it is. I mean, when the Bible no, it's to, not. You know, disperse across the world and then they, you know, come back to their land. You know, that happened, and that happened. Yes, and a I lot mean, of people know, like, worked to it, make that happen. Just a play on words. Now, wait a minute. You said it's not valid if I can control it, but don't we control whether or not we reinstate the state of Israel? Didn't Britain give that land? In order yeah, to but do the that, the person that wrote it had no control over that. No, no but, the, but the people later who believed it and made it come true. Right. It doesn't matter how it how, happened. It does matter how it happened. If I'm a prophecy and I do everything in my power to make that thing happen, that's not really much of a prophecy. That's me working to make it true. That's not the fa- the, the person who said it way back when. <laughs> And the only reason it's happening is because I'm so listening good. to them, believing it, and then forcing it no to happen. happen. I mean, the whole oh my God, no! But the I believers later, later would have never known. The believers later. If I say the, that, if I tell my friend, that? let's I mean, say, let's say that I tell my friend who thinks I mean, that. Dude, wait, let's English. say, let's say that I, I mean, have Hiller almost destroyed them. Okay, I'm putting you on hold, friend who greatly admires me and thinks that I have supernatural powers and they are under like the influence of my every word, even though I don't have supernatural powers. And I tell them, you will get pregnant and have a child and it will be a girl and you will name her Sarah. 
And as a result, my friend and starts, you know, getting pregnant, and she has a boy, and then she gets pregnant again, and she has another boy, and she just keeps getting pregnant until she has a girl, and then she names her Sarah. That's not, that wasn't anything divine or magical or even weird that I did. That's simply somebody forcing what I said to come true. It's not, there's no, there's no miss it. Okay, I'm taking you off hold. Do you understand what I'm describing? Uh, well, you're describing something different. You no, know, it's, it's exactly it's, it's, the same. If people believe it, no, and then it doesn't no matter how much that, time it takes. What happened to the Jews there? If, I mean, the other thing you could look at is how Jews are, because if you looked at any other nation that's been taken out of their, their land, their identity within, like, well, a, a, a couple uh, uh, sorry, I have a stutter, of uh, generations, but the Jews didn't. Like, Do you think their, that the Jews that are in Israel, do you think that the Jews that are repopulating Israel are Hebrew, are all, like, Hebrew, like, blood lineage? Seriously, you think this? Because there are there are diaspora coming from well, all yeah, over I mean, the place. A lot of missing Jews, but yeah, well, I believe that there's a lot of missing Jews. I believe there's you there's know, a lot Jews of people that region. identify as not. They're not. It, it, this is a religion. If you think that these are like the descendants of the original Hebrews, yeah, it's a and that came from a race of people. Yes, but the people I mean, that are that are culture, their culture has been intact. Okay, for, I am going to have to let you go. I mean, if you, if you, these are this Judaism today is not. I don't know how else to explain it. They, this is a religion, and they are the diaspora is like made, composed of people from all over the world, from all national backgrounds. I mean, there are there are Jews that. It's not. It's an interracial so it's thing a now. That came from a nation that was dispersed across. Yes, a, but if you're saying that they somehow magically and, contained and they their bloodline, they kept their culture intact. How, they, how can you for them say to keep their this? They have, intact and somehow that's they like did. saying that the original what? first century Christian. No other nation has ever done that. The nation you're talking about hasn't done it. That's what I'm trying to get you to understand. If you think that they're just like the 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 pre-first century Jews, you're. This is not what's going on in Israel. They're, they're not living like they, there's not, this is, it's like saying that the, that a Christianity today is just like first century Christianity. Absolutely not. That's a fantasy. Well, the same people that they were, but I'm saying that they kept their culture intact. Like, no, they you know, didn't. That's my point. They did not. And you're just saying it. Just saying I it mean, doesn't well, make it true. Probably, I guess, but you know, like the Bible said that that was going to happen, and then it happened. You know, like because no people can, made you know, it happen. Make the prophecies. Have... Oh my God! I have to let you go. I well, can't. Well, well, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> and I'm not taking the last one. I heard. You. So <laughs> I just want to say to all the people that are viewing, I want to let you know we do have one more call, and it is Hamish. And I am not taking it. So you can thank me at the blog. You're welcome. <laughs> Dropped. And he waited the whole show just to let you know. Wow. I think, are we still on? I think we are officially. Okay, so. if we're still on. I, I am doing a very bad job hosting here. Thank you to the crew. We're going to dinner. Okay. <laughs> This is Russell Glasser, host of The Atheist Experience. 
You know, the Atheist Experience is made possible by volunteers and the generous support of viewers like you. If the promotion of positive atheist culture and separation of church and state are values that you hold, please consider contributing by becoming an ACA member or visiting our product page at EvolveFish.com under the Partner tab. Thank you.